0: Welcome to The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Tuesday, April the 18th, 2023. On this edition of The Politocrat, Ralph Yall, a 16-year-old black boy, shot in the head and shot again as he lay on the ground. The barbaric history of Clay County, Missouri, plus... Looking back at white male killings of black people and property rights. All of that coming up next.
1: And there are days, this is one of them, when you wonder what your role is in this country and what your future is in it. Mm-hmm. How precisely you are going to reconcile yourself to your situation here and how you're going to communicate to the vast, heedless, unthinking, cruel, white majority that you are here I'm terrified at the moral apathy, the death of the heart which is happening in my country. These people have deluded themselves for so long that they really don't think I'm human. I had basis on their conduct, not on what they say. And this means that they have become, in themselves, moral monsters.
2: We are back, as promised, with this verdict today in the murder trial of a homeowner in suburban Detroit who shot and killed a young woman he claimed was threatening him, banging on his doors in the middle of the night. But the jury rejected his claim that he feared for his life. NBC's Peter Alexander covering for us in Detroit tonight. Peter, good evening. Brian, good evening. After deliberating for only eight hours over two days, jurors found Theodore Wafer guilty of second-degree murder, manslaughter, and a felony firearms charge
3: guilty of murder in the second
2: degree theodore wafer sat expressionless as the jury read its verdict guilty on all counts in the death of 19 year old bernisha mcbride mcbride's parents say they were relieved and overwhelmed her life mattered and we
4: showed that he was just waiting on something to happen and unfortunately my daughter came to his door and he shot her Jurors dismissed Wafer's claim that he
2: was acting in self defense in the early morning hours last November when he says he was awakened by someone loudly banging on the doors of his suburban Detroit home. I wasn't going to cower in my house. I didn't want to be a victim. Fearing for his life, Wafer says he found his shotgun, opened the front door, and fired. I just shot somebody on my front porch with a shotgun begging on my door prosecutors say mcbride was disoriented after suffering a concussion hours earlier when she drove into a parked car several blocks away an autopsy showed she was drunk and high at the time but prosecutors argued not a threat she was a young girl looking for help Another critical piece of testimony, Wafer, who said he couldn't find his phone, admitted that he never called police before shooting the unarmed teenager. But during the two-week trial, Wafer insisted he was devastated by the shooting. This poor girl, she had her whole life in front of her. I took that from her. Now the victim's family focuses on a life
1: lost. She can rest because she knows justice has been served for her because she's supposed to be right here with us.
2: Wafer, who had been free on bond, is behind bars tonight. Brian, he is awaiting sentencing. He could face up to life in prison, but many legal experts suggest it will likely be much less than that.
3: Turning now to Missouri, where this morning there are growing calls for justice after a 16-year-old black boy was shot twice after ringing the wrong doorbell. Celebrities have been joining in calls for justice, including actress Halle Berry, posting these photos demanding action. The community in Kansas City also protesting yesterday as word spread through social media. Kansas City police say the teen, whose name was not released by authorities, went to pick up his siblings Thursday night and ended up at the wrong address, apparently mistaking the residence for one that was a block away. The resident, whose name also has not been released, was taken into custody and held for 24 hours, the maximum for a suspect in a felony until charges are filed. Now the community is calling for answers. The fact that there's a kid in the hospital and everything I read says not even a charge has been done, that concerns me. Just hold this man accountable and um, you see that the community came out and supported The teen remains in the hospital in stable condition and the teen's family has hired prominent civil rights lawyers Lee Merritt and Ben Crump.
5: This afternoon, my office received a criminal referral from the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department. After a thorough review of the case file, the appropriate laws and information gained during the investigation phase of the case, I filed two felony counts. In count one, the defendant... Andrew D. Lester is charged with the class A felony of assault in the first degree. In that honor about April 13th, 2023 in Clay County, Missouri, he knowingly caused physical injury to PY by shooting him. This is an A felony. It carries with it a range of punishment of up to life. In count two, the defendant is charged with armed criminal action. This is an unclassified felony. Encouraged with it a range of punishment between 3 to 15 years. The state is alleging the defendant committed the felony of assault in the first degree as charged in count 1, by, with, and through the knowing use, assistance, and aid of a deadly weapon. As a result of these charges, a warrant was issued for Mr. Lester's arrest, and bond was set at $200,000. Our office worked closely with the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department during this case, And we would not be here today, but for their hard work. We understand how frustrating this has been, but I can assure you that the criminal justice system is working and will continue to work. My message to the community is that in Clay County, we enforce the laws and we follow the laws and that does not matter where you come from or what you look like or how much money you have everyone is held to the same standard
1: and there are days this is one of them when you wonder what your role is in this country and what your future is in it Mm -hmm. how precisely you're going to reconcile yourself to your situation here and how you're going to communicate to the vast, heedless, unthinking, cruel, white majority that you are here. I'm terrified at the moral apathy, the death of the heart, which is happening in my country. These people have deluded themselves for so long. They really don't think I'm human. I had basis on their conduct, not on what they say. And this means that they have become in themselves moral monsters.
0: James Baldwin remains undefeated and undefeated he shall remain forever. You heard several clips there. First of all, you heard James Baldwin. You also heard him at the end repeating what he said about moral monsters and vast Vast swaths of the white community at large fitting in that category. In between, you heard various news stories and press conference excerpts. It took an activist community, it took people who cared, it took people in Clay County, Missouri. In the Midwest in the United States. Persistent activism. Marches, protests, demonstrations. Protests in front of. A would-be killer's home. That would-be killer would be 84 year old. Andrew Lester. It took all of that. Just. Finally, for a Clay County prosecutor, Zachary Thompson, who you heard in that package of clips, to finally charge this 84-year-old, evil, disgusting, scumbag monster. It took all of that just to get charges. Just to get charges. And this happened Last Thursday to this young boy, 16 years old, Ralph Yaw, who was, in the evening hours, it was dark, was trying to pick up his two younger siblings, both, they were twins. And the address given was, I guess, 115th Street Terrace or something like that, 115th Terrace. He accidentally went to 115 North Street, but rather than 115th North Terrace. One block from each other, he, he stopped one block short. It's easy to do, especially at night. And he stopped there, rang the doorbell, and was greeted with a shot in his head. And when he staggered and fell down, the gunman... Andrew Lester shot him again in the arm while he was down. That is not self-defense. That's not self-defense. That is attempted murder. That's what that is. And by the way, as he was shot a second time after that, Ralph Yall actually got up, staggered away, and ran away from this evil piece of garbage named Andrew Lester, 84 years old. A white man who is disgusting, is someone who clearly, in my view, wanted to kill, wanted to lynch a 16-year-old boy. A 16-year-old black boy. That's what Andrew Lester, I think, wanted to do. And this 16-year-old boy, staggered away, went to three different people's homes for help. He was bleeding. He had a gunshot wound in his head. He'd been shot in his arm. And he was begging for help. Help me, help me, help me. I've been shot. Turned away from house number one. Help me, help me, help me. I've been shot. Turned away from house number two. Help me, help me, help me, help me. I've been shot. Turned away from house number three. Help me, help me, help me. I've been shot. Finally, finally, a white resident came forward and actually helped four times. He had to go to four different homes. And in that fourth time around, someone decided, oh, yeah, I think it would be a good idea to uh, help this person who's been shot in the head. Um, yeah, this is a kid who's been shot in his head, a person who's been shot in his head. Yeah, I think I should help. The inhumanity of those three people, and that presumably white, because I'll tell you about the demographics of this county, because I want to focus on that as well. I want to focus on that and the prosecutor and this police chief who I think is in with a cover-up. I know it's premature to be even saying that, dear listener. But it just doesn't make sense what she said. Stacy Graves, the police chief there in um, that particular county, Clay County. I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get into that. But those three other residents in separate homes who all turned away a child who had been shot and shot in the head they all turned and said no we don't we're not going to help you how evil are you disgusting people these people are as barbaric and as inhumane as andrew lester is what a disgusting group of people disgusting and a bunch of cowards monsters just like james baldwin said Moral monsters. It's just disgusting. Evil. No, they're not crazy. It's not about craziness. This is about hatred. This is about evil. This is about people who have no soul, no heart. No humanity about them. That you would see a young kid coming up to your door, knocking on the door for help, And you're not moved. That doesn't move you to want to help. You don't want to do anything about that. You don't want to call the paramedics. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to offer any help at all. You don't want to. You can't even pick up a phone and call the paramedics. I mean, you all know how to call the police when we're standing on our stoop selling friggin' water. And we're year olds, And we're six-year-old black girls. And we're sitting there in San Francisco as this particular black girl was in front of her. A stoop selling water, you all the white people who do this, know very well how to call the police then. You know how to call the police on a Filipino brother here in Pacific Heights, not far away from here. You know you know how to do that. A brother who has got Black Lives Matter in front of his own property that he put there? And you got these white people going. Oh we're going to call the police. You knew how to call the police then. How in the hell. Did you not call for assistance. In this situation. With a young brother. Shot in the head. Three of you said no. No we're not going to help you. We're not going to call for any help for you. We're going to let you bleed out. And die. You have got in this country. A group of people. Who are hostile to your life. Hostile to you. I don't have to say anything about this. It's evidence. The history of this country. The massacres of black people by white people in this country. What happened in Clay County's history. I'm going to talk a little bit about that later. As I said. These people have no humanity at all. None. 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 Just barbaric animals, barbaric. You've got no soul, you got no heart, you got no humanity about you at all that you would freaking well turn away a kid who got shot, anyone who got shot who's calling out for help and you couldn't offer them anything? You couldn't call the paramedics? You couldn't freaking well Try to hold, hold, be there with him. Just be there with him. You couldn't stop the bleeding. You couldn't put a tourniquet on him. You couldn't do anything. Oh, I don't want to get involved. I think I could be held liable. Wait, wait a minute. If you call the paramedics, if you put a bandage around him and help staunch the bleeding, whatever you could do, you could do something. I'm not asking you to play paramedic. Damn, Just do the bare freaking minimum. Be there with him. Stay there with him. Call the freaking paramedics. But when you are someone who has no soul, no humanity, and you are racist, anti-black racist, this is the kind of thing you do. Your humanity is just not there. You don't have any humanity. That's what I think about people who behave like this. And the fact that someone would shoot a kid at a door who's ringing the doorbell, shoot him, and then shoot him again. That is an evil act when anyone does it. It's an evil act when a white person does it. And there's no justification for that. None. None. And I can hear someone now going, oh, well, he's 84 years old. Oh, have mercy on him. Always a freaking excuse when a white person commits an act of violence. Always an excuse from someone, usually someone white making that excuse. And as I've said over and over again on this podcast, You will freaking well justify anything as long as someone white does it. That's what you'll do. You'll justify anything, anything. Oh, someone on social media to me yesterday. Oh, well, you know, maybe he had dementia. And of course I blocked that person immediately. You will find anything as long as someone white You'll find anything to make an excuse for him. Maybe not you personally, dear Listen. I'm not saying maybe you, maybe you have in your life. I don't know. But I've had so many experiences with this where white people in real life, offline, to my face, not just on social media, but to my face, will be making all these excuses. Well, maybe he had something in his hand, maybe this. Maybe he didn't take his medication. Maybe that, you know. But when it's a black person in that situation, there's no attempt to start searching for reasons. None. None at all. None at all. No attempt to search for any maybes or howevers. And let me tell you something else. It's something that you already know. I didn't even have to tell you that it's something for nothing, dear listener. You know damn well damn well, that had this been a black man who had shot a white kid who rang his doorbell, that black man would have been under the jail. He wouldn't have been released home after a 24-hour hold as Andrew Lester was. For reasons known only to this police chief, Stacy Graves, Andrew Lester was initially arrested, held on a 24-hour hold, and then released to go back home to his bed to sleep, knowing, knowing that he had shot a 16-year-old in his head and then again as he lay on the ground in the arm. And you release that person? You wouldn't have released the black person that had shot a white kid in the very same manner, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have given a 24 hour hold and then released that black person, you would have had that black person under the F in jail we all know this, we all know this and if it's not for activists, as you heard on that rep- one of those reports in that local community there, in Clay County in Missouri, you would not have had any charges brought What took the Clay County prosecutor, Zachary Thompson, who you heard in the clips earlier, what in one of the clips earlier, what took him so long to formally charge Andrew Lester? What took him so long? This happened last Thursday and Friday, Saturday, Saturday. Sunday, Monday, Monday was when the charges were announced. Monday, Tuesday, happy days. Wednesday, Thursday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. What a day. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Why did it take three or four days for the Clay County prosecutor to charge? Andrew Lester I want to know why. why why, why, what took him so long and why did it take so long I mean is he the grandfather of someone in your prosecutor's office in the police department does he have ties to them I don't care what the reason is I know he's white so that's obviously in this racist ass country that is definitely something that you will clearly note Why did it take three or four days for this charge to come down? And initially, the police chief, again, and I already smell cover up. You know, we'll see. We'll see. I know I have no evidence for it. We will see. We will see. But why is it that the police chief is telling you, well, we needed to hear from the victim first before we could even do a charge? And what universe do you have to hear from the victim first to give a statement before you decide to charge someone for doing the criminal violent harm that freaking well Andrew Lester did to Ralph Yall? There's no requirement you need to speak to the person who's been shot in the head before you decide to charge. The crime itself speaks for itself. The violent act speaks for itself. Why do you have to be talking to The guy who was shot in the head before you decide whether to charge or not. And that statement from the uh, police chief is a bunch of garbage anyway. Because they already took a statement from him that evening. The Thursday evening or maybe the Friday. He took a statement from him. He was able to speak, believe it or not. Having been shot in the head. So what are you talking about? You have to wait to make... So he recovers to make a statement for make a statement to us before we charge him. And he gave you a statement on Thursday or Friday. Again, one plus one is two, but in this case, one plus two does not equal three. Because this doesn't add up from the start. Especially with this police chief, Stacy Graves. I don't know what she is talking about. I guarantee you this. When the woman in Central Park, Patricia Miley, was brutally beaten and attacked in Central Park in New York, almost exactly 34 years ago, tomorrow, by the way, is exactly 34 years ago that that happened. And when she was brutally attacked, nobody in the New York City Police Department, and the NYPD. No one said, oh, we're going to wait until she comes out of her coma and comes out of her consciousness. We're going to be, we'll wait until she comes out of her coma before we, uh, and get a statement from her before we charge these five black and Latino boys. We'll have to just wait and we'll let them go and we will put them on a 24 hour hold and we'll just let them go back to their homes in Harlem. We'll let them go back to their homes. We can't say anything about charges until she's able to give us a statement. You know, right now, though, she's at Metropolitan Hospital on East uh, 97th Street in New York City in Manhattan. And, you know, she's uh, currently in a coma. So uh, until she's able to speak again and until she comes out of that coma, we're not going to charge these five black and Latino boys, who, by the way, didn't do anything because they didn't do this. The exonerated five. We're, we're not, we're not going to charge them. We'll just wait until the white female comes out of her coma at Metropolitan Hospital. And at that point, uh, hopefully, maybe she'll if she doesn't need speech therapy uh, uh, lessons, then uh, you know what? We, we will then take a statement from her. And at that point, based on what she says, then we'll charge those five black and Latino boys. That did not happen, dear listener. And you know it did not happen. Within a day, those black and Latino boys in New York were rounded up and thrown in jail and beaten, coerced, to give statements and those statements that they were give they were given under duress and under intimidation of the police were used against them and these boys spent years behind bars before many years later their convictions were vacated stacy graves is an absolute joke joke I'm not going to play you what she said I'm not going to I'm not going to do that no 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 how in the hell are you going to get away with telling us oh well we have to wait for the victim to make a statement what what universe again that never happens what universe is that happening in oh the racist universe that Stacy Graves is in Ask anyone to make a damn statement. Who's making a... Oh, well, uh, oh well. they have to make a statement first. Since friggin' when? What if Ralph Yall, who thank goodness is alive and was released, by the way, from hospital on Sunday. What if Ralph Yall... I think Saturday he was released. I, I forget which day. Saturday or Sunday. What if Ralph Yall had been killed? Are you going to tell me we're going to wait for a statement? Oh, I'll wait for a statement from the victim and then we'll uh, decide whether to charge Andrew Lester. Should we uh, wait? Oh, oh God, yeah, you know, he's dead. Um, this young boy's dead. So um, well, we're not charging him. And by the way, that's what happens anyway. And it's not because they have to wait for someone to die. This is how white society has approached us as black people forever. Vast majorities of the time, there is no charges for anyone white who kills one of us or injures one of us. There's not a charge. It is not something that is very common. It's not common. We have to fight like the dickens, like the dickens, to get any semblance of a charge you as i said that activist community there and there were black people there there were some white people there in that community again i'm going to give you the demographics of that community as well and we have to fight like the dickens to get just to get charges when it comes to black people when it comes to us being shot or killed or or anything like this we have to do more than anyone else in this country just to get the police and the prosecutors to do their effing jobs. We have to do that. The vast majority of the time, white communities don't have to do that. The vast majority of the time. There's been one or two times where they've had to. But the vast majority of the time, that does not happen. It doesn't happen. Where a white community has to get out there and go on and on and on for days and days... Just to get charges put down for something that happens to a white person, it, they don't the white community does not have to do this. It' doesn't, doesn't have to. But every time someone black is shot down dead in this country, particularly by a white person, because when it's a black person who does it, oh no, no there, there's no there's, we don't have to be out in the streets every day for weeks just to get them to be charged. Now, we are in the streets in those situations, too, because we care about ending violence that happens between black people. The media chooses not to cover that. Because they don't care about us to begin with. What I'm saying, dear listener, is that we in this country as black people have to fight like hell. Just to get people to say, oh, a crime was committed here. I think we should charge. I think we should actually charge the white person who did this. Yeah, that's actually a good freaking idea. Why not? What a novel concept. I think I'll finally do my job for once. And I tell you, if it's not for that community there. And by the way, I will say that there are members of the corporate news media who actually did Shine a spotlight on this. NBC News, those clips you heard me play, a couple of them from NBC News, they did, they did, ESPN did as well. In fact, as recently as yesterday, ESPN focused on it and they put a sports-related slant on it because Kansas City, the Kansas City football team that won the Super Bowl two months ago, their star quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, talked about this case and, and said, look, you know, justice needs to be, needs to be done here. And the justice system needs to do right by Ralph Yall. Which I thought was a good thing that he said that. But had it not been for the activist community. People who decided to protest in that community. And keep going. And raise the alarm. And bring up the volume on this. You wouldn't have heard about this. And you wouldn't have had the President of the United States calling Ralph Yall, as he did yesterday. you wouldn't have had that. Spoke to Ralph for 20 minutes. That's President Biden did that. Could you ever imagine any universe in which the piece of garbage who has been twice impeached and has been indicted, could you ever imagine any universe where where he would ever think to pick up a phone and contact Ralph Yall? I'll get back with you on this. I'll continue, I should say, with this right after this break. I want you to just think about what I've said, though, these first 20 minutes or so, whatever it is, I've been rabbiting on for 27 minutes. I want you to think about this. If a white person had been shot by a black person with the same facts... White person comes up to the doorbell, rings the doorbell, and the black person in the home shoots a gun, shoots that white person in their head, and then shoots them again as they are lying down on the ground. Shoots them in the arm. Do you think that the police chief and the prosecutor would have behaved differently It's a rhetorical question.
5: Breaking news here at home. Authorities in Kansas City speaking just moments ago after the shooting of a 16-year-old black teen who rang the doorbell at the wrong home looking to pick up his siblings. Prosecutors in Clay County just now announcing charges against the 85-year-old man who shot him. 16-year-old Ralph Yarl is recovering tonight after being shot in the head. His parents had sent him to pick up his younger brothers at a friend's house on Thursday. They say the homeowner fired through the glass door, and when the young man who had been shot ran for help, he was turned away three times at different homes. ABC's Alex Perez leads us off with the breaking news from Kansas City tonight.
6: Tonight, a homeowner charged in the shooting of 16-year-old Ralph Yarl, who mistakenly went to the wrong home. 85-year-old Andrew Lester charged with one count of felony assault in the first degree and one count of armed criminal action. As a result of these charges, a warrant was issued
5: for Mr. Lester's arrest, and bond was set at $200,000.
6: Police say on Thursday night, the high school junior was supposed to pick up his younger siblings at an address on 115th Terrace but he accidentally went to a home on 115th Street. His family saying Jarl was shot in the head through a glass door after ringing the doorbell. The teenager then falling to the ground and shot a second time in the arm. Yarl was able to run for help but his family says he was turned away 3 times by neighbors officers arriving to the scene the teen then transported to a nearby hospital over the weekend protesters taking the streets demanding justice Get Jarl's family says he's a gifted musician who wants to study chemical engineering. The family's attorney saying he was released from the hospital on Saturday and is expected to make a full recovery. Adding the teen suffered a cracked skull, traumatic brain injury, and post-concussion syndrome. Tonight his aunt grateful her loved one survived.
3: My nephew is alive and he is healing. It is not the story that individual intended
6: for us to tell. And David authorities say there's no indication any words were exchanged before the shooting. An arrest warrant has been issued for Lester and he's expected to be in custody soon. He will be held on a $200,000 bond and could face life in prison. David. All right, Alex Perez with late reporting from Kansas City for us. Alex, thank you family's attorney saying he was released from the hospital on Saturday and is expected to make a full recovery adding the teen suffered a cracked skull traumatic brain injury and post concussion syndrome
0: a cracked skull traumatic brain injury and post concussion syndrome that's what 16 year old Ralph Yall suffered as a result of this barbarous, cowardly, inhumane piece of garbage named Andrew Lester. We need to support this young brother, Ralph Yall, and his aunt, Faith Spoonmore. That's S-P as in Paul O O N as in Nancy Moore. M-O-R-E. As in more of that, please. Faith Spoonmore. As in the utensil and the word more. M-O-R. She is the aunt of Ralph Yall. She is organizing a fundraiser on GoFundMe. It's her official is an official fundraiser for Ralph Yall. You need to go to GoFundMe.com, G-O-F as in Frank, U-N-D, me, GoFundMe.com. And type in Ralph, R-A-L-P-H, and his last name is y'all. Y is in yellow, A-R-L. And you need to go and donate some money to him right now. P- please do this. As I just read out to you, his injuries, which you heard in the report there from World News Tonight on ABC there um, that I played a few moments ago. He suffered traumatic brain injury, a cracked skull, and post-concussion syndrome. He is going to need hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, really, to deal with all of the, to to pay all the medical bills. Because you know, in this country, you have to pay an arm and a leg for healthcare. In most other countries on the planet, you don't have to pay much of anything at all. But in this country, the United States of America, which is all about profiteering off of your body and off of your pain, you have to pay gazillions of dollars for surgeries, for this, for that. And by the way, Ralph going to be requiring, I'm sure, some kind of surgery, some kind of therapy. And that's going to cost money. In this country called the United States of America, that costs money. It costs lots of money. So I urge you, dear listener, go right now to GoFundMe.com. I've already donated myself. I may donate again. And I think I, I will donate again. Because... This young brother needs our support and I don't care whether he is an honors student in high school or a high school dropout. I don't care whether he is 16 years old or 60 years old. I don't care whether he is someone who has been a spotless and really good representative of what decency is or if he's a scumbag. I don't care who the person is. I don't care who Ralph Yall is. Now, of course, I would love for his, him to be a nice, decent person. But I'm sorry, I'm not here looking for perfect victims. Because that's what this society does as well. The larger white society looks for, especially when it comes to black people, the perfect black victim. Oh, this person was this. And it happens to be that Ralph Yall is non honest student. Oh, he's that. Oh, he's this. You know, and they're looking for Sidney Poitier and guess who's coming to dinner? The perfect person, the doctor, he's this, he went to Harvard, he doesn't freaking well, you know, say boo, you know, he, his farts don't stink. You know, I mean, it's it's just, ridiculous. you know, let's look for this perfect person. I mean, we're not perfect, but we want this black person to be. I mean, that, and we, we've got to stop that in this country. Our humanity is non-negotiable and I'm not going to sit here and debate with you about my humanity and about what I'm worth, my worthiness. I'm not going to sit here and have a freaking well debate session because that's what some white people do. They sit there and try to debate you about your own freaking humanity and your shit and your lived experience arrogance of people who do this is disgusting it's disgusting don't ever allow that to happen if someone is doing that to you do this then don't allow it don't allow it don't get into it with people who don't know what your experience is and have never lived it don't fall into the trap of having to even justify yourself don't do it shouldn't justify yourself you're here And your humanity has to be respected. And if you don't respect my humanity, our humanity, go to hell. Go to hell. That's the way I look at this, dear listener. Sit here and debate with you about my humanity or Ralph Yall's humanity. These people sit there and. Throw me articles about, well, there's an issue, an incident in this case where a black person did something. You know, the people who do that, you are a piece of garbage. You know, garbage. Oh, let me rush to find someone where some news story where a black person did something. Bunch of trolls. I'm not going to sit here and debate my humanity with anybody. It's not up for debate. It's not up for debate. What you should be doing, whoever the you is and whomever the you applies to is looking at the inhumanity of this particular white person, Andrew Lester. Let's look at his inhumanity. Let's talk about that. How an 84-year-old white man can turn up at his door, not even talk to Ralph Yall, not even engage with him. And the only freaking language that Andrew Lester understood was to freaking well fire a gun into the head of a 16 year old named Ralph Yall. That was the only language. That's this country's violent culture and racist culture. The only language that an 84-year-old white man could understand was to pick up a gun, come to the door of a gun, and shoot someone in the head, and then shoot that person again as they were lying on the ground. That's the language of violence and hatred and anti-black racism talking. He couldn't open his own mouth and say... Hey young man, how can I help you? That wasn't the first thing out of his mouth. The first thing from him was gunshots into the head of a 16-year-old. Let's look at his humanity. Or shall I say as I said earlier, let's look at his inhumanity. Don't sit here deb- trying to debate with me about what about my humanity and my worth? I'll never let that happen. Never. And you shouldn't either, dear listener. You shouldn't let anyone. I don't care who they are. Get into some kind of debate. About your life. Your lived experience. Don't let it happen. In this case. What people should be doing. Is asking themselves. What the F. Is an 84 year old white man. Doing with a gun shooting it through his door at a 16-year-old boy, shooting him in the head, and then shooting him again as he's lying on the floor. That's the inquiry that you should be making right now. You better look at his inhumanity. I mean, there's an article out here and it's ABC news and they're already telling you that this guy is making he's already got his defense crafted oh I was in fear of my life it's the thing that every white person says after they kill or lynch or shoot down a black person or severely injure them oh my life was in danger he was so big and tall he's already doing that this guy Andrew Lester he's a piece of racist garbage let's look at him don't focus on Ralph y'all. Support Ralph, y'all, and donate to his GoFundMe page. That's what you should be doing. That's how you support that, brother. Now, what you should be doing is talking about the inhumanity of this piece of garbage named Andrew Lester. Has he done this before? Is he a member of the KKK? Is he someone that's had a history of violence? Has he got a criminal record? What? Where's the media asking these questions? Because, you know, when one of us gets shot and killed, everyone's saying, well, he was high. You heard the report earlier. Well, Renisha McBride, she was high. Renisha McBride, by the way. And again, I played that way back at the top of this, broad, this episode, dear listener. Renisha McBride was a 19-year-old black woman who... Got into a car accident in the outskirts of Detroit, Michigan. In the middle of the night, it must have been a Friday night, early in the morning, Saturday night, Saturday, early hours of the Saturday morning, whatever it was. And she was dazed and confused, stumbling around. She walked around. Her car was completely totaled. We know it was a wreck. So there was no way she was going to drive anywhere. So she was disoriented, and she, as you would be after you've been in a car accident, for God's sake. And it's nighttime. She walks over to a house that's not far away. And she bangs on the door, knocks on the door. Bang, 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 bang. And some white man with a gun comes out. In fact, doesn't come out. He shoots Renisha McBride. Doesn't say anything to her. Doesn't ask her, who are you? Doesn't say, "Um, how can I help you? Shoots her through his screen door. Two screen doors. Shoots her two or three times killing her you heard the report at the top of the episode and then he's in court oh she had a whole life ahead of her oh my god the white tears cue the white tears Oh oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god yeah you're only worried and you're doing your fake crying dance because you know your ass could be facing time in prison You might have wanted to think about her life and about the whole life that she had ahead of her when she was banging on your screen door early hours of the morning. You might have wanted to think about that then rather than after you killed her and your ass is facing jail time. Had you asked Renisha McBride, who was banging on your door, on your screen door, how can I help you? then you wouldn't be sitting there having to perform your fake tears, your white tears, in order to carry some kind of sympathy or empathy or favor from the jury to save your ass. You wouldn't have had to do that. And James, well, whatever. And by the way, this guy's name was Ted Wafer, the guy that I'm referring to now in in Detroit and this guy is James, and this guy, his name is Ted Wafer, and this guy, Andrew Lester, is going to learn the hard way because I think he's going to get convicted. Now, we have to keep uh, out in the streets there in Clay County. I forget the exact name of the city, uh, but Clay County, Missouri, and I'll talk about the history of them, uh, that county, in a few minutes after the next break. You know, again, I think he's going to get convicted, and we have to keep the heat on this. We have to keep the heat on it. I think he's going to be convicted because there's no self-defense here. You can't tell me, and there's a stand your ground law in um, Missouri. And that law says that self-defense is, and I'm paraphrasing now, self-defense, stand your ground, is effectuated effectively when you, he or she, I'm just saying you, when you reasonably believe that you are in fear of your life, and that there was a threat to your life. Physical or in you know, a life threat. And there was no physical threat to the life of. Andrew Lester. There was no way there could have been. Andrew Lester didn't even talk to Ralph Raphael hadn't said anything yet. He rang on the doorbell. He rang the doorbell for God's sake. And the next thing that he heard was Gunshots. One of a bullet which hit him in the head and one that hit him in the arm when he was lying on the floor. Where's the self-defense claim there? He was shut out a second freaking time. Tell me there's self-defense there. But here in the ABC News, here's the article. It's entitled, dear listener, Prosecutor Files Two Felony Charges Against Suspect in Ralph Yarl Shooting by Dina Zaru and Sabina Gugremedin. Goodness gracious. G-H-E-B-R-E-M-E-D-H-I-N. Sabina Gabremedin. April the 17th, 2023. That would be yesterday, dear listener. And by the way, let me tell you what the charges are, because I didn't give you those. This is what the uh, Clay County Prosecutor, Zachary Thompson, charged him with. And I think think it was uh, heard in the clip I played earlier. Charged with one count of felony assault in the first degree. Now, you might not think that that's much of anything, but that is a life sentence, as you heard on the audio I played earlier. That carries a life sentence. They don't have attempted murder in the first degree, at least in Clay County. In fact, maybe not even in Kansas City and Missouri at all. I don't know about it. Let me check that. But put it this way. In Clay County, they do not, not to the best of my memory. And then the other charge that Andrew Lester got here um, was one count of armed criminal action. Both of these are felonies, felonies. And that one, I think, is punishable up to 15, uh, 15 to 20 years, something like that. I forget the exact. But the bottom line is, if he's convicted, he's not seeing the outside of a prison. And I can just hear people now. I can hear people now. Some people going, oh, you know, I see my great-grandfather in him. I see my grandfather in him. I see my dad in him. Oh, he shouldn't go to jail. He shouldn't go to prison. Yes, he freaking well should go to prison. Yes, he should. He should. Oh... He may have dementia. Some again, when I see that online, I just I just block them immediately. because uh, you don't say that. If that was a black person who was ninety or eighty-four years old shooting someone, you wouldn't be talking about anything to do with anything to do with his medical condition or hers or theirs. You'd be talking about throw him under the freaking jail, throw her under the jail. That's what you'd be saying. So those two charges, one count of felony assault in the first degree and one count of armed criminal action. Both of them are felonies, as I said. Right? Now here's the excuse that's already being generated by Andrew Lester. In his statement to police, Lester said he had just laid down in bed when he heard the doorbell ring. Right? Smith & Wesson, a 32 Smith & Wesson Smith & Wesson 1888 Revolver. I bet their stock has gone up now. Go check their stock market. I bet you. I I should go and check that and see, right? Lester said, this is a statement he gave to police. Then this is him already crafting the white person's, oh, I'm so afraid of the big black guy excuse. Racist uh, excuse, right? Lester said he opened the door interior door and saw a black male approximately six feet tall pulling on the exterior storm door handle. He stated he believed someone he believed someone was attempting to break into the house and shot twice within a few seconds of opening the door. The statement reads within a few seconds. Give me a break. How many seconds is a few one? See, this is what they're already trying to do here. They're trying to muddy the waters. Lester told, this is the article here now, maybe ABC. see, Lester told police he had never seen the man before and that no words, quote, no words were exchanged during the incident. Like I said before, he never asked Andrew, uh, Andrew. he never asked Ralph Yall anything. He just shot him, he shot him. And he shot to kill him, I'm sure. Why would you shoot someone in the head who is not a threat to you? Why would you do that? If you're not trying to kill him. The male had not said anything prior to pulling on the door handle. So why couldn't you open your mouth and say, excuse me, how can I help you? You have the power of speech, don't you? So why did you think it was best to let your gun do the talking? The suspect told police, quote, it was the last thing he wanted to do, but he was scared to death. Here we go. Code language. Here we go. Oh, it's the big black man. And of course, again, it's this thing that gets done, the racist thing that gets done by white society when it comes to black people is to make a black person seem so much bigger, so much older than they actually are. So a six-year-old black girl is now made to be a 19-year-old black girl. A 16-year-old black boy is now, oh, his male size. Oh my God, he's so big. Oh my, all the fricking racist, stereotypical language that just drips off the mouth of an 84 year old white man and by the way pulsates through the consciousness of white Americans because that is how white society views black people particularly black men oh his size and then you wonder why black men get castrated in this country oh my god his size oh I'm I, i I'm scared to death oh, that's what, says, what Andrew Lester's saying and the statement to police, and his inability to defend himself. Have you looked, by the way, at Ralph, y'all? He is a skinny beanpole. Oh, his size. Oh, my God. He's so large. Oh, my goodness. I was going to say something else there, but I'm not going to go there. Listen to this, and I told you earlier that this police chief, Stacy Graves, is a joke, and I don't trust her at all. And she said, well, we'll wait to uh, speak to this young man before we decide whether to charge, if there's going to be any charges. And here is something you need to know in the same article I told you he spoke earlier, right? Before even this nonsense, oh, well, we have to make make sure, wait till he gives us a statement. He gave you a statement. Police conducted an informal cursory interview with y'all at Children's Mercy Hospital on Friday. As I said, the day after, remember I said this earlier? I said either on Thursday or Friday, the day after, he gave a statement. So why is the police chief, Stacy Graves, telling us, well, we have to wait for him to recover and make a statement before we decide whether or not to charge the person who did this to him. And listen, I'm just reading this to you from ABC News. <sighs> police conducted an informal cursory interview of Y'all at Children's Mercy Hospital on Friday. According to the probable cause statement, Y'all told police he parked in the driveway, went to the front door, quote, Pressed the doorbell and waited outside the front door. The statement reads Y'all told police the man inside, quote, took a long time but finally opened the door holding a firearm. And then, quote, he was immediately shot in the head and fell to the ground, end quote, according to the statement. Y'all told police he got up and ran away to keep from being shot, and that the man allegedly said, quote, "Don't come around here end quote, according to the probable cause statement. Y'all told police he went to multiple residences to ask for help and tell people to call the police, the statement reads. Who do you think is telling the truth here? I would say it's the 16-year-old boy. Who has a reason to lie? I would say it's the 84-year-old white man, Andrew Lester. Because he has a prison cell to avoid. There would be no reason for Ralph Yall to sit there and lie. His statement was given on Friday at a hospital. And knowing the history of white men in this country and the centuries of violence they perpetrated against Native Americans, black people, brown people, It sounds very much like what you can imagine happened. Took a long time, but finally opened the door holding a firearm. Oh yeah, that's like, that's exactly like every white person who is in open carry state. Slinging a freaking rifle over their shoulder and, you know, just walking down the street because, you know... They're having to overcompensate for something that they don't have in another area of their body. And so now they've got to walk around with a long gun or a long tie that droops down to their you know where's, you know. It's like the piece of garbage who was indicted. You know, he wears this long red tie that goes all the way down because he thinks that's his penis somehow. And so he's so inadequate, as Stormy Daniels once said, and keeps repeatedly saying. And so he's now got to overcompensate. And the same thing with this guy, Andrew friggin Lester, 84 years old. You should be freaking well looking at your retirement and living out your life, not walking around with a freaking gun and pointing it at a 16-year-old kid and firing it into his head. Shows me how freaking inadequate you are as a person, how inferior you are. You must feel inferior. Oh, I'm so afraid his size Yeah, that's going to resonate with a racist jury. Oh, the big black man. He's not a man, he's a boy. But again, as I said earlier, yo, there we go. We're going to now just do do this freaking racist game over and over again. If you're white listening to me right now, are you going to fall for that? Are you going to allow that to seep into your subconsciousness? Are you going to fall for that garbage that you've been told all your white life that some black person's out to get you and they're so large and they're tall and they're big. Oh my God, I feel it for my life. How come this never gets said when a white person's standing in front of you or in front of Andrew Lester? Because if a white person had rang his doorbell, he wouldn't have come out there with a shotgun and shot that person in the head and shot that white person again as that white person was on the ground. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. Wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't. Unless the person he was doing that to. Was a white female. I'm actually going to talk about that in this commercial, after the commercial. And I want you to listen to that story. Now I offer it as illustrative of a larger point that I'm going to be making. But I want you once again to go to the GoFundMe page, gofundme.com. Type in Ralph Yall, you may not even have to because I think his photograph and his name shows up on the front page. But anyway, go to GoFundMe.com, GoFundMe.com, please do that, right? And please donate some money for the medical bills that Ralph Yall is going to have, not just for now, but for a significant period of the next year or two, maybe, if not more. I'll be right back.
3: A 20-year-old woman was fatally shot after turning up the wrong driveway in upstate New York. Police say Kaylin Gillis was in the car with three friends looking for a friend's house in the rural area of Hebron, New York on Saturday night. After mistakenly pulling into the wrong driveway, police say Kevin Monahan came out of the house and fired two shots. One of the shots struck Gillis. They then drove to the neighboring town of Salem to get cell service and call for help. Emergency responders performed CPR on Gillis, but she was pronounced dead.
5: There was clearly no threat from anyone in the vehicles. There was no reason for Mr. Monahan to feel threatened, especially as it appears the vehicles were leaving.
3: According to officials, Monahan, was 65, refused to come out of his house when officers arrived. He has been charged with a second-degree murder and is being held in Warren County Jail.
2: A homeowner in upstate New York's been charged with second-degree murder for firing at a car full of young people who'd turned into the wrong driveway. A 20-year-old riding inside was killed. This woman in Hebron weighs in.
3: It never occurred to me that it would cost me my life to take a wrong turn up someone's driveway. He just didn't give these kids a chance at all. Officials say they've been looking for a friend's home.
0: That is pathetic. I mean, that is pathetic. Calen Gillis, by the way, was, was a white female. And Monaghan is a white male in his 60s. So this happened this weekend on Saturday, two days after Ralph Yall being shot at by an 84-year-old white man. So, think about this for a second. Renisha McBride in 2013 or thereabouts was, or 2012, whichever it was, I think it was 2013. Renisha McBride in 2013 was shot and killed by a white man in his 50s in Michigan right in his home Ralph Yall just this past Thursday was shot in the head and then shot again By a white man in his 80s. In his home. And two days later. This past Saturday. Kalen Gillis. Was shot dead. By a white man. In his home. You see. The theme here dear listener. White man. In his home. With a gun shooting black people, black female, black male, white female. And what you're seeing in each of those cases are situations where the person who was shot dead or who was shot and seriously injured, in the case of Ralph Yall, and the two female persons who were shot dead, Renisha McBride, the black woman, the black young woman, and Kaelin Gillis, the 20-year-old woman, white female. You, You see what's going on here? In each of these situations, these people were not threatening. They didn't have any weapons. They didn't point anything. They didn't do anything. Two of them, in fact, all three of them, accidentally knocked on doors or or tried in fact in Kan Gillis's case she was a passenger in a car or the driver whichever a passenger in a car in a driveway in this person Monahan's driveway and they were actually backing out of the driveway and driving off and this jackass piece of garbage, Pulls out his gun and, and fires at them a, a few a few shots at least twice. One of those shots killing, Caelan Gillis. It's insanity. White men running amok with their guns, running amok with their guns. And you know what this is. This is about white males defending property. That's what this is. Not that they're defending it from anything. But this is rooted in that old law that was all about protecting property. And that said that white men could do that. And only white men who owned property could do that. And that's what this is now. And you can have a gun. You can do anything you want. You're defending your home. Defend the home. Defend the home. Oh, you can put out all kinds of weapons you want. A man's home is his castle. The whole castle doctrine, which is still very much alive in the United States. Same thing in Missouri has the castle doctrine, the stand your ground law that happened there, that's still there, that's in Florida. Remember the same stand your ground law that, Two people used, one of them being George Zimmerman, Zimmerman, to kill and get away with killing and lynching Trayvon Martin and the same stand your, law, stand your ground law that was used by the black woman, Marissa Alexander, who fired a warning shot in the same state of Florida into the ceiling in her pocket in her garage to warn off and to ward off her abusive and violent husband. She got sentenced to 20 years in prison. George Floyd got away with, excuse me, George Zimmerman got away with absolute murder. And Marissa Alexander served, I think, six years or seven years of that sentence before she was finally released. Stand your ground law was not adhered to in her case, but in the very same state of Florida with George Zimmerman, it was. he killed someone Marissa Alexander didn't kill anyone she didn't hurt anyone she didn't injure anyone so this is all about this whole notion of property and property being more valuable than black life being more valuable than white female life that's what this is all of these cases now again I wanted to mention the case of Kaylin Gillis. And I do hope that, you know, listen, um, she should still be alive. You got these white people, these white men defending prop, defend, and they think they're defending property. And they think that gives them the right to go and kill anybody. And then claim, oh, I was afraid. I did it in self-defense. You know, that's what they do. Kill someone and then go, oh, I was so scared. What are they going to say about Cailin Gillis? She was inside in a car and the car was backing out of the driveway that it accidentally drove into. And you're still firing guns. I mean, this is evil. This is not madness. This is evil. Just disgusting. The whole thing is disgusting. And the law in this country backed this up for so long. And there's still these laws that justify this stuff. stuff. And do you know something about Missouri and about specifically Clay County? There were so many attacks on black people in that county. Let me tell you about Clay County. Clay County, just so that you get the lay of the land. This is where Ralph Yard was shot on Thursday, was Clay County in Missouri. Just to give you an idea, right? The 2020 census, Clay County, 76% of the people there are white. 7% of them are black. 7% are Latino. you got Native Americans... Pacific Islanders and Asians make up the remaining less than, wait, 1.1% of the population. Or whatever, I mean, not very much, excuse me, um, yeah, about 1%. And then there's so-called others who are 6%. So this is a vastly white county. Vastly white county. In terms of citywide officials, most of them are Republican. The legislative districts, five of them are Republican, three are Democratic. And again, you're talking about a history of a a county like Clay County that... Think about this now. Clay County had enslavement, like every county in the United States basically did, right? And in 1828, they they started to execute black people, enslaved black people. And do you know that at least a quarter of the population of the county in 1860 was of enslaved black people? This is Clay County. Clay County. We have to ensure that justice gets done and that Andrew Lester is brought to justice. Also, by the way, Monaghan there in upstate New York. I don't have any doubt that that's going to happen. He will be convicted. I think that this guy will be convicted as well. But again, we have to keep our our uh, activism and our energy up for this with this Andrew Lester character. Because this uh, police department, the uh, those folks, I do not trust the police chief there. I don't trust her. I don't trust her. And this nonsense about waiting for him to make a statement when you met when you took a statement from him on Friday. Again, someone's covering someone's backside there. Someone is. Someone is. I really want you to pay attention to. Some other news that I'm going to talk about. And um, then I want to end the episode with the two minute or so audio you're going to be hearing about Liberty African-American Legacy Memorial in Clay County. I'm going to explain about that coming up right after this.
2: A grand jury in Ohio has voted not to charge eight police officers in the shooting death of a 25-year-old black driver named Jalen Walker. He ran away during an attempted traffic stop and a car chase in Akron. The Walker's attorney, Bobby DiCello. The family
6: of Jalen Walker's hearts have been destroyed. His body has been destroyed. And our faith in this community, his leadership has been destroyed.
2: Officers fired 94 shots and hit Walker 46 times. He was unarmed, but a gun was found instantly. Inside
0: his car. He was unarmed, but a gun was found inside his car. Yeah, okay, right. You know that was from CBS News uh, Radio. By the way, they had done, they've done a poor job, terrible job lately. Uh, I you know, hear about the Boston Marathon that was run yesterday. They can't even tell you that the person who won the women's race won it. They have to say, "Oh, a woman won." Her race, and, and it was the wheelchair race. Could you have told everyone that it was the wheelchair race and make it clear instead of practicing ableism and then erasing black women because uh, it was um, Helen Oshiri from Kenya who won the women's race? Could you have told people that? Anyway, I'm not going to play the audio, but what I did play from you for you for CBS News Radio um, was what you just heard, Jalen Walker, a 25-year-old brother... In Akron, Ohio, that's where LeBron James is from. I'm just a kid from Akron. Maybe that's what Jalen Walker should have shouted out. I wonder if that would have saved him. I don't think it would have. I mean, they shot at him 96 times. 96 times. And hit him 44. They shot him 94 times and hit him 46. What lousy shots. I mean, I shouldn't make shouldn't make light of that. You'd be shooting nearly 100 Times at someone. This was running away. So we can't run away, we get shot. We walk to a door, we get shot. We walk through a neighborhood, we get killed. Uh, what the f- You just don't want us to be here. As I keep saying, they don't want us here. And I've been saying this on social media for years. They, and you know who the they are, don't want us here. They don't. Don't tell me that Andrew Lester wanted Ralph Yall here. Because he clearly didn't. Shot him in the head. That is the first clue that he didn't want Ralph Yall here. And the fact that Ralph Yall gave a statement that said, don't come around here. Don't tell me that that's self-defense, Andrew Lester, you piece of garbage. Oh, his size. It's a well-worn white American thing to do, isn't it? to go and commit your violent crime against a black person and then turn around and say how afraid of them you were. Well, you weren't afraid to shoot them in the head. You weren't afraid to kill them. You weren't afraid to lynch them. But then you turn around and lie and say how fearful you were. These people are just so disgusting. So disgusting. Oh, oh I fear for my life. No, you didn't. Why did you shoot them? Why didn't you shoot someone? Why did you shoot Ralph Young in his head? That doesn't sound like fearing for your life to me when the guy didn't do anything. And then say, don't come around here. You don't sound like you're very afraid of your life, do you now? And then you shoot him twice. So you don't sound like someone who's very afraid of your life and fearing your life. If you go shoot someone in the head and then when he's down on the ground, you shoot him again. That is not someone who is in fear of his freaking life. That, that is not self-defense. Remember, Missouri, dear listener, is the same Missouri where Darren Wilson, that cop in Ferguson, Missouri, shot and killed Mike Brown. Let's not get that twisted either, because that happened Also, in the state of Missouri. I mean, you have to understand the long history of this racist violence against black people. White violence on black people. Oh, black on black. Why don't we talk about white on black violence? How about that? Why don't we talk about that? that, That is all America knows. And also white on Native American violence. Can we talk about that? That's all this country's ever experienced. White on Native American violence, white on black violence. That's all it's ever known. Give me a break. It's just, again, this is what happens. And you've got Republicans now, oh, don't teach anybody this because it might make the white kids uncomfortable. Well, good. They should be uncomfortable. You should be uncomfortable. You might learn something. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Oh, don't teach these books. Oh, no, don't do it. No. Oh, boy. It's just ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I I just, um, I'm just trying to just think about how People can ever get away with this notion about how violence and the history of it is so replete with white violence against black people in the United States. It's so replete with that and guns being at the heart of this as well. Gun violence. We have people being shot dead every day around in this world, in this country especially, I should say. Every day. Every day. Every single day. Mass shootings. We had we've had hundred. had over 162 mass shootings already. Do you know that? In this country, the United States of America. And we're on April the 18th, 2023. We've already had 162 mass shootings in this country. 162. By the way, Smith & Wesson, their stock is at $12.29, $12.29 a share, up $0.07, a net of up 0.57%. I told you that the stock was going up. Didn't I tell you? I told you that if I go look this up, it would be up. I knew it. I knew the stock price was higher because when these shootings happen or news of the, their stock price goes up more people continue to buy guns Republicans make guns much more available. But why are you going to keep voting for Republicans when they keep doing this? And you hear about what happens to Ralph Yall Come on Give me a break It's just absolutely heinous. Heinous really is I don't know, I said I was going to talk about something. I forgot one of the things I was going to postulate and talk about. But one of the things I'm not going to forget about is what happened at the burial ground. Liberty African American Legacy Memorial. You can go to liberty, liberty, L-I-B-E-R-T-Y, legacymemorial.org. And you can learn about the Clay County, Missouri, African American Legacy Memorial, Burial ground. There is a burial ground in Clay County that is unmarked, basically. 750 black people were buried in the segregated sections of the Fairview and New Hope cemeteries. And the black people that were buried there were people who were enslaved. They may have been domestic staffers. They may have been housewives, day laborers, infants, children, veterans, business people, whomever, right? and they are buried in a 6 acre field and the vast majority of these persons are buried in unmarked graves and so this website libertylegacymemorial.org is a memorial that honors the legacy of more than the 750 African Americans buried in segregated mostly unmarked graves in the historic liberty in historic liberty in Missouri in Clay County same Clay County where this young brother, Ralph Yall, was shot in the head and shot again after that. Now you can donate to this project. And I want to play this audio from the video that you will see when you're on that website. You will hear from the local poet and historian, Shelton Ponder. Listen to this. And I want you to think about Ralph Yall. And when you think about all of this. Again, this is Clay County. This is the Liberty Legacy Memorial. Pointing to the 750 black people who were and are buried in unmarked graves, most of them, in a stretch of six or seven acres of land there in Clay County. Listen to this.
4: They're there, souls gone to rest, left here quieter than smoke. They're there. From the courthouse, the old courthouse on the on the square, the old gray courthouse. We'd walk down Main Street to Mill Street. Make a right turn on Mill Street, walk one block, and then you cross the street and you go down Gallatin Street to the stop sign. You will see the red and white Church of God in Christ. You make a right turn and you go about 100 yards maybe. There, there, the first entrance you see is you go across a, like a little bridge. The first entrance you see takes you right into the cemetery, and there's a road that splits. It goes to the west, and there's one that goes to the south. It's the only one going to the south. And as you're going down this this road, if you look to your immediate left, that's where all the people of African descent were buried, starting in 1858. That entire lot. that's where they were buried and that entire space a lot of the stones are gone weather, vandalism uh, temporary markers whatever whatever was there they're gone the only thing that remains are those 700 names a great portion of them are right in that area that's that's it that's it that, From from the street to the creek that's where they're buried they're there
0: Shelton Ponder, the local poet and historian there in uh, Clay County. That was part of the Legacy Liberty Pardon me, Liberty Legacy Memorial. LibertyLegacyMemorial.org. That's the website to go to to listen to that, to watch that video that you just heard the audio from, and to find out more about the Liberty American, Liberty African American, excuse me, Legacy Memorial, which is the burial site of at least 750 African Americans. Some of whom were enslaved. And many of them are buried there in unmarked graves in Clay County, Missouri. Which is the same county in which the 16-year-old black boy, Ralph Yall, was shot in the head just a few days ago. And then shot again in the arm. You can donate to the Liberty African American Legacy Memorial. Once again, don't forget to go to libertylegacymemorial.org. Libertylegacymemorial.org. I know that's quite a mouthful. It's easy, I stumble and triple, o, triple, triple. Let me trip over those words. Libertylegacymemorial.org. Donate to them, won't you? But I think also make sure you definitely vote and uh, vote. Yeah, make sure you vote too. By the way. Make sure you donate to that GoFundMe page for Ralph y'all. By the way, this website, libertylegacymemorial.org, is really, really good. It's got some excellent stuff on it here. Um, It's in Liberty, Missouri. It's got great stuff. You can contact the folks there at the Clay County African American Library. This is really, really good stuff. It really is. So, um, yeah, this is really, really good, this website. Lots of good things here to look at, burial grounds, all the rest of it, the stories of the people, enslaved persons there, everything. I mean, this is is the history of the country that Republicans don't want you to know about. Oh, it's going to offend some white students. No, it won't. They know it won't. They know that it will empower white students, for God's sakes. And then they will be all the better for knowing these things. And then they'll change their behaviors or challenge others like the older white adults, like freaking James, uh, freaking James, freaking Andrew Lester. You know, you know, so-called adults who are really kids with their Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry fantasy or their Paul Kersey, Charles Bronson, Death Wish fantasy. You know, maybe that that's what Andrew Lester is, right? Someone who has got no soul. Weaned on Hollywood and hatred. That's what he's weaned on. And his racism, anti-black racism. Oh, don't come around here. That sounds exactly like what a freaking 84-year-old white man would say to a 16-year-old black boy. Get off my lawn. That's exactly what it sounds like he would say. Yeah, I believe, Ralph Yarl. Of course I do. Because a 16-year-old boy's got no reason to lie. He's been shot in his head. He's been shot in his arm. I got no reason to think that he's lying. Why would he be? Because when you're telling us that he told you don't come around here, that is exactly get off my lawn. I mean, this whole country jokes about stuff like that. Get off my lawn. I mean, Clint Eastwood in the film Gran Torino was all about get off my lawn. That's what that whole movie was about. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Clint was playing that character. In fact, Clint Eastwood has played that character in virtually every movie he's ever done. The get-off-my-lawn white guy. The old white guy. Get-off-my-lawn who wants to smoke out and kill everyone and everything that doesn't look like him. That was his character in Dirty Harry and all the Dirty Harry movies. That was his character in Unforgiven, in Gran Torino, in all these freaking movies. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly uh, for a Few Dollars More, A Fistful of Dollars. I mean, go through all these freaking movies back from the 50, 60s on Was in Rawhide, Rowdy Yates. Oh, my God. And this is the culture. Good God. I, I mean, I'm telling you, Andrew Lester is a racist piece of garbage. And I'm telling you, you, I can expect this will happen. And I know I'm speculating. But I can expect now that we will start to hear more about Andrew Lester. I can only hope. That he's some racist or that something's gone he's had some other issue. And by the way, I wish that you could charge these three pieces of garbage who let Ralph Yall bleed and just didn't help him. I I, I want them to be charged too. I really wish you could charge them because that's what I would love to do. Charge them for not helping. No, no, uh, I get it. There's no legal duty. I get it. There's no legal duty duty or obligation for them to help him. I get that. So there's not going to be any charges. There's a moral obligation though. But these people don't have any morals. As James Baldwin said, they're moral monsters. So why would I expect these three people to have something about them? At least the fourth person did who said, yeah, you know what? Yeah, it's a good idea to help someone who's bleeding all over the place, who's just been shot. Maybe he might die if I don't help. It's like what Dr. King said once years ago. I think it was on April 3rd, 2000, excuse me, April, pardon me, 2000, April 3rd, 1968, the day before he would be assassinated, when he said, you know, paraphrasing here, the question should not be, what will happen to me if I don't help the beggar? The question should be, what will happen to the beggar if I don't help him? And, yeah, you know, Andrew Lester, who's old enough to have been around when Dr. King was assassinated, old enough to been around when that speech was given the day before he was assassinated, old enough to know that Dr. King existed in this world and was alive when he was alive, old enough to know that, obviously did not pay heed to that part of that April 3rd, 1968 speech. What will happen to the beggar if I don't help him? Well, you know what? Ralph Yar wasn't the beggar, but he was seeking help. In fact, he was asking because he mistakenly, he wasn't asking anything. He was walking up to the door because he thought that this was the home where his two twin brothers were. And instead of asking, hey, son, hey, sir, hey, young man, how can I help you? Andrew Lester pulled out his gun and blew this young kid away, tried to, and then has the nerve to say, don't come around here. This guy's not in fear of his life. He wanted to exact the fantasy of Clint Eastwood and all these movies where black and brown people and Native Americans are made cannon fodder by white men. The John Waynes of the world in Stagecoach. The John Waynes of the world in other movies by John Ford, such as The Searchers. That's this mythology and this violence and this anti-black racism and anti-brown racism and anti-native racism that you see. The whole culture's built on violence. The whole country is stolen from the Native Americans violently, violently killing Native Americans. I mean, it was just... Enslaving black people. Come on. Whole society is built on this. Are you drowning yet? Are you drowning in this yet? Have you had enough yet? We need justice. We need accountability for. Ralph, y'all, thank God he's still with us. We need to make sure that we do everything we can to see that Andrew Lester is behind bars. I don't give a damn that he's 84. Oh, he's 84. Have mercy on the criminal, said Elton John. That's one of Elton John's songs from back in the day. I'm kind of using that in a way that's kind of to make a point. Have mercy on the criminal. No way. He didn't have mercy on Ralph Yall, so why should we have any mercy on Andrew Lester? He's old enough to know what he was doing, he's old enough to have a gun in his hand, and he's old enough to shoot him in the head and then shoot him again as he was lying on the ground. That does not merit mercy. Follow yours truly on Twitter at ThePopcornREL on unspoutable. S P-O-U-T-I-B-L-E dot com forward slash popcorn R-E-E-L. The online store for the Politocrat Lady Podcast is at this website, the com, And there's podcast, of course. Please subscribe, please share. And the YouTube channel. YouTube.com forward slash at sign the politicrat P-O-D. Like, share, subscribe to the videos. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I am Omar Moore.